Thanks for tuning in. This is Allison Capra, and this is How Not to off? Be a Miserable Cow podcast. Unplug your microphone. <laughs> Anyways. You're stupid. Yeah. Sometimes. So, wow. Hi, guys. We're behind. Um, those, that have fo- those of you that are following along with YouTube or know that we got stranded so rough in Greece I and mean, it was just really really hard to spend an extra four days stranded there because we couldn't come home to the hurricane <laughs> right it was devastating it was devastating Greece. but they know seriously once we did come home it was pretty devastating and we spent the last 10 days pretty much just cleaning up stuff and trying to save people's homes from water and mildew and things like that is pretty rough what we were not aware of i think when we were in greece we kind of talked about it a little bit and we said okay so depending on the damage level if we need to to postpone our wedding we will if our area is just totally destroyed and we need to like help people like we'll try to push things back if we need to like that sort of thing and then they said it was a category one and then we were like oh it'll be fine we won't push anything Oh, it would have came through as a category four everything would have been completely leveled everybody be dead yeah Yeah. not dead that's drastic people would have left but it would have been leveled leveled if people stayed they'd be dead maybe unless they were hiding in like a bunker um but you know it it was only category one the problem was is the water that's really where the issue came into play is the water kind of rose i mean so high that there were dolphins in wilmington swimming down the street swimming down the road (laughs) right on uh but nonetheless, we got through those 10, 11 days and then... Um, it was really it was really eye-opening for me to see, like, how much devastation and, like, how much people don't understand about, like, mold and mildew. And, like, my dad's done that work, like, my whole life. And so I always have known. I've always had to, like, you get your carpet wet, you rip it up, you got to let it dry. Yeah. People weren't aware of what they needed to do or how severe the well, damage they, was they, in their they home. they thought that it was just a little water and then you rip out a wall and their tire... Uh, insulation and inside the sheetrock was, you know, mold is mold spores all the, all the way to the ceiling already. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's a lot worse than it is. But we, you know, nonetheless, we, so we did that. And then we, we took a, took a time out from that and ran out to Vegas, ran, ran off to Vegas to get hitched. So that's a done deal. We got married in a fever. <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs. And, uh, it we was did great. It Johnny cash style. Totally. Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely a wonderful time, and all our friends and family that showed up was it was amazing. Um, well, tell what you did first, because I thought that was like the coolest bachelor party ever. Way better than a strip. Club. Oh, I guess there's a difference between you know when you're in your early 20s getting having. Uh, come on out, Johnny. Come on Johnny. out. Yeah. You don't don't be a weirdo. Come on out. Um. So. Yeah, I guess it's the difference between getting married in your early 20s or getting married in your late 30s. Um. There was no, there was no clubbing. There was no strippers, no donkeys. Um, it was just a bunch of dudes in the desert. Um, we went rock climbing, smoking peyote and looking at the stars. You ever rock climb? <laughs> what was it? What's the, what's the, what's the term? Action figure. You ever shot a machine gun on peyote or hash or I don't know. I don't know. I'm missing the joke. Sorry. <laughs> they guys. were out like spirit walking into the desert and went climbing. It was awesome. No service. Wasn't it great? It was fun. Johnny hurt himself. And then the girls got like <laughs> severely. 
He did. You did climb though. You did. You got your first climb on, and then afterwards you fell down walking home gracefully and not on not climbing. I was not like, climbing. I was like, he fell off of the mountain, and no, he was no, like, no, no, no. no. no, no. I slipped off the <laughs> yeah. So so we did that, and she. Well, we don't. Nobody really knows what the bachelor at party was. It it's, was rad. We we did a mob museum like girls' night out. I think same a, thing though. You get you, that's you a cover up. In, you do a bachelorette party in on a Sunday night in your thirties, and you're all in bed by one. I, like everybody's by like, one. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> eleven. <laughs> yeah, like okay, I'm a, I've been asleep for twelve minutes now. I got to go to bed. <laughs> we had a designated driver. It's all okay, but it was Vegas, I, and we wanted to do it like that's, fun. That's their story, and they're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting to get the uh, receipt for Thunder Down Under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, we went to Weasley's. Went out for Dre's, walked the strip. Did you see what they were all wearing? Did you, do you have any idea of their outfits? Yeah. Hookers. They all look like hookers. <laughs> Anyways, so, and apart from that, I guess the reason why we're talking is uh, Excommunicated Warriors finally launched. And that happened, ironically, uh, the official launch was October 1st, and I was sitting in the desert with Johnny and the guys with no service. So and I couldn't like, even. I was supposed to launch my book today. There's no service, and I can't. <laughs> I can't actually tell anybody that it was. Damn it! That it was actually for sale. I was so happy when I texted you, and it didn't show up as like the, the postmark as like delivered. I was like, that means he's got no service. That means he's not going to be working. He's actually enjoying. Yeah, there himself. was nothing. There was nothing to do. I, you know how I get out in the in the wilderness. It takes I, uh, you a minute, but I, you have to have no service. Once I get out there, I just I go native real quick. You're feral. You're yeah, feral I, as fuck. I, I go real feral. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's part of it. That that's the good stuff. So here's what I, I want to get my combat Crocs on. And- <laughs> yeah. Well, so this kind of falls in line. Just one more thing about our, our circumstances in the wedding and everything, because it kind of falls in line, even with transition in your book. All this to say, like we went and had a great time. All of our friends, we had about 30 friends come out here with us and um, we got a big Airbnb house. We all stayed together, just piled in air mattresses and sleeping bags. And it was yeah. absolutely rad. I couldn't have, had a better big day. I feel like it was like the, it was us. It was totally us and it was totally rad. But getting here was quite the process because we've been through a lot. And this was like a huge transitional step forward for us. So like we talk about transition and in your book, you talk about transition and like letting go of your past and freeing yourself up for your future in order to get here, even down to the, like the wire of like, okay, we're going to walk down the aisle tomorrow and I have to write my vows. My past was like creeping up, (laughs) creeping up behind me like, you're stupid. (laughs) This is going to suck. You're going to fail again. Like I was filling out our marriage. She got cold feet. I was filling out our marriage application. It's like, how many times have you filled out a license for a marriage? How many times have you been married and divorced? I was like, (sighs) I started freaking out and like it just your words from your book just kept ringing in my ears about moving forward and not letting your past just 
foretell your future or hold you back from your future. Well, yeah, that's what it's about. So explain that. Oh, man. So which part? Like why why your past if you can how does it how does well, I mean, it kind of I kind of spoke a little bit about in the speech after the uh, the wedding was you know we all we all receive um, and actually Dr. Jim Richards kind of said talks talks a lot about it as well but we you know as we go through life and we experience different things we we take on you know baggage and weight and experiences and all these experiences mold and shape our brains and the way that we think of things and how we react to things. And and then in the future, we, what we end up doing is we actually end up reacting to a situation based off of a prior event or a prior history type situation. Do you know, does that make sense? The trauma from your past. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be trauma. It can just be like, it doesn't have to be something so dramatic, but just a situation that happened. And then the, the, the fallout or the outcome of that situation, whether it be negative or positive is going to affect your decision-making process in the future. So if something happens or for instance, a marriage, you've had a bad marriage, you've had, or if you've had a couple bad, (laughs) bad marriages, you, you know, you, you start looking at a third or a fourth and you're like, and all the other stuff kind of creeps back up in your head and you're like, well, I can't make this decision because this is what happened in the past. So you allow, you allow these little these this baggage and all these little events to dictate the your your future or your your answer to a situation. For instance, say um, I don't know you and I get into a, a disagreement about something, right? Well, because of your past, you will get superheated really fast. When realistically, it's not even that big of a deal, but you're just having a you know you're you're basing. Uh, you're basing the now off something that happened to you a long time ago, which isn't even really relevant, but we do that just because it's, it's like in our blueprint. Now, as we go along, along long life, we just, we kind of are writing a blueprint of, of who we are and we have to get, you know, if someone wants to live a, like a happy life and give other, give other people a chance, you have to let that stuff go and you have to, and it's easier said than done, but that's kind of what the book is about is going through that and having to put the work in. And a lot, of, and obviously, it's all my story about me having to do that, and it's some pretty gnarly shit. It is. I I'll say this: I read your book, you know, chapter by chapter, because you'd written the first three chapters a while back. I'd read the, I read them, and it was very good, but it was like. Well, very, and you also knew the story. Yeah, from it was the stuff that I already keynote. kind of knew yeah. as you moved into your, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth chapters. Stuff that I never even knew like started to surface and I'm like, I was reading your fifth chapter. I think I was in tears through the whole thing and you came in like, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, yes. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, that's not something that, you know, if, if you're going to write a book about how to make people go through, you know, hard life changes and transition to something and how to do it, <laughs> I had to get really vulnerable and there's stuff that I haven't told anybody about ever. And, um, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I'm, I'm interested to see the feedback when that comes out because there's some pretty open stuff in there. I will say this. This is the thing that impressed me probably the most with your book because I didn't, I wasn't even able to pull this off. You went through and you shared some of the most deepest and darkest secrets of your life. You talked about some of the heaviest things you've ever been through. You established like a lot of connection with people in your demographic, people in your age group. But you didn't throw anybody under the bus you didn't 
like you talked about a divorce and a marriage that was like very hard and frustrating. You never once said anything derogatory. You didn't put like all these relationships with military members that you struggled with. You didn't ever make put a bad light on anyone. You really truly told the bear all story of your transition without making anyone else the bad guy. Yeah, I just don't think that there's, uh, you know, I don't think there's a necessity for that. I mean, there's enough negativity, and this whole the whole purpose of this book is to share to share my story. And it really is not even about anybody. It's not about my ex wife. It's not about the people I used to work with that screwed me over. It's it's about me, you know. So I didn't want I didn't want that story to be highlighted on them, you know. Like, I, yeah, I paint a picture that yeah, did I get screwed over a couple times? Sure, but like, who hasn't been screwed over? That's that's the point. But the focus is me. The focus was on my story and what I had to do to overcome and persevere through some things. And I don't, Overall, yeah, I don't think that, that, that shedding a light in a negative way on, a, on another human being is really going to assist in that process. You know what I mean? Process, yeah. Some of these personal journey. Yeah. Well, so explain exactly who you feel like this book was kind of written for and towards. That's, yeah. So I, I originally thought that you know, when we first developed, when I first developed this, like these set, the seven stages of transition, I really thought that it was, I really thought that it was about, um, veterans and it is, don't get me wrong. It is, it's, it's, it's about military and service members, but the more that people that read my, that listened to my speech and heard me talk as I went around, the more I realized that this is not a veteran. It's not a veteran problem. It's a human being problem. Like everybody in their life, is going to go through some sort of cataclysmic event that's going to change, make a life-altering change, right? It could be getting fired from a job like a month before your retirement when you're getting your pension. It could be a death in the family. It could be an end of a, of a sports career. It could be a divorce. It could be having a kid. I mean, there's a million things that could happen um, that is that can change your the course of your life forever. And what happens when that happens is, you go through this identity crisis because everything that you know up to a certain point is truth, right? I am this. This is what I do. This is my family. This is my unit. This is, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a NFL star, then I'm an NFL star. And then all of a sudden the, the rugs pulled out from underneath you and, and your whole life's turned upside down. Well, it's just same as getting out of the military. So initially I thought that it was, it was for veterans. And now I really, I really truly believe that it's really for any human being anywhere ever that's going to potentially has gone through a life altering change, uh, or, or an event that has occurred, um, or that will. Well, I truly believe like I was reading it and with my own transition in mind, just because it's a totally different than anything you guys have ever gone through, but just going through a divorce, raising stepkids and their whole, whole life, and then being separated from them, like in their teen years through the divorce. And it was like, a absolutely completely different transition, obviously. Like it's not anything close to what you faced with the military, but just walking that out and every day feeling like that disconnect from the people that you miss, your tribe, right? Like those were my, that was my tribe. Yeah, the bowl of bad emotions and then you got to go through the putting in the work. And it really identified each stage of the transition that I went through, even just with that. So I can say from somebody who's never been in the military, just going through family changes and stuff like that. Huge. Yeah. Huge. And then you identify three main things to help people to 
really get on the other side of yeah. whether it's depression or frustration or anger, or just feeling isolated. Can you touch on what those three things yeah, are? Yeah, super simple. So the, the, the last chapter of the book is the three steps to happiness, which is like totally cliche. And, you know, it's got a number in it. It talks about happiness. All you do is these three easy things and you'll be happy for your life, uh, which is pretty easy. It's uh, sleep, get fit and or get healthy and then um, find your passion. Super easy, right? However, the, what's funny is that chapter, I think, is the longest chapter in the book because I talk about each one very in depth and what I had to go through. And uh, and they're not easy. And it's 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 easy to say. But there's a lot that goes into each one of those things, um, and it's and it can take that that itself is a journey um, of of overcoming you know a, an identity crisis or overcoming you know a big life changes. Kind well, of re re getting back on that azimuth of where you need to be, even when you don't know where that is. I love what you say in there that you kind of talk about it becoming your new mission. So you mm -hmm. lived mission to mission in the military. You're like, what's next? Where are we headed? Where are we going? Right. What are we training for? And then you take that away and you're just kind of lost. Yeah. But you can make your relationships. You can make your brain health. You can make your sleep cycle. Anything, you can make yeah. your workout regimen your new mission. Yeah. And I love what you say with that because for anyone with dealing with anything, like I kind of talk about it in relationship articles and stuff I write. Like if you're focused on your belt, like if you're looking down and you're focused on yourself and you're introspective, like, and you're staring at your belly button all day, like you are not going to be able to move forward, take a step forward, see anything going on around you. You're going to miss yeah, for sure. everything. So it's like becoming aware of the place that you need to be and what it's going to take to get you there with setting a goal of just getting sleep, getting to bed at night not drinking yourself to sleep, not like, yeah. And I say that in the thing is like, yeah, yeah. Step one might be step one might be, uh, you know, get some sleep, but that step one, that might be your whole mission in life. Like you might wake up in the morning and then plan your whole day around getting to bed at a reasonable hour and, and making sure that you can, your routine is set up to where you actually can go to sleep, you know, unmedicated. I think the thing that I love about it the most is because I read this whole thing and just looking back at our experiences and all the stuff that we've been through, I've gotten to watch your transition. I've gotten to experience <laughs> your... Yeah, because when we met, I was not fully... I mean, I was probably, what, a year, year and a half, almost two... No, it was almost two years in. It's your transition. Two, yeah, two years in. And I really hadn't, I mean... But at the same time, you know, then you really scratch the surface through a divorce. So then that's like a whole nother animal. Like in the middle of your military transition, you went through a divorce and then I yeah. met you right after. Yeah. So all that to say, reading this book and getting to this place of just like transition and change, how do you feel like that process of writing that affected your personal life and where you're at now? Honestly, like I was... It was funny because I was reading it and uh, writing it and then reading it. And I, I realized I was like, man, it was kind of a reaffirming, reaffirming in a way that I was like, man, I need to of where I've slacked off. You know what I mean? Like, OK, well, I've these are the areas that I slacked off that I really need to like tune back up because, you know, just to practice what I preach. And a lot of it I, I do. But when you really dive into it, it's like there's a lot of little things that I could be doing myself to make myself even better. 
Even better all the time. Okay, so my last question, because this is just my personal question in your life, so now you have to answer it. At what point did you feel like you were ready and you had changed your mind and you wanted to move forward with our relationship and you asked me to marry you? That is so not fair. <laughs> what a trick fuck. What kind of, what kind of shit is this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I got to a place that, um, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that happened, you know, like we were putting the finishing touches on, on this book and everything. And, um, you know, you and I've been going strong for some time now and building an empire together. And, and then, you know, there was just a couple significant events that, that, that happen, you know, that are kind of, that are negative. They're very sad and negative. And, uh, you know, I'd always had, I started to have the thought, I was like, you know, it would be cool to like, if it t at our 10 year mark, we got married, like we had been rolling together for a decade and then we just made it official. And then, you know, we lost a friend to suicide and, um, and I watched that whole thing to come together. And that was really the moment I was like, well, you know what? I'm like, tomorrow is not promised to you. You got to live every day to the fullest. And, um, you know, if something means something to you, then what's, what's, what are you, <laughs> what are you waiting on? You know, if this is going to happen, if you plan on doing this in the future, why not do it now? If you plan on starting a business in the future, why not just pull the trigger now and get it building? Like if, you know, why not take your relationship to the next step? If you're ready, you know, I'm not saying that everybody should just jump in, but you and I have been together four years and, you know, there is no reason not to move forward at that point other than just because we said we wanted to be together for 10 years for, or I said, you know, a decade before we actually tied the knot. Um, so yeah, that was it. That was really it. So that's what I want to challenge everybody with today. Who's listening. The biggest thing that I've taken away from his book and his transition that I've watched just because he dealt with about 12 years of trauma and baggage in about three and a half, four years. Yeah. And sure. I watched it take place and I can say this. Only reason that happened is because he said, "Why? what am I waiting for? This is going to be my mission. This is what I'm going to work on every single day. Yeah. And made decisions every single day to get and stay healthy. If you are having any kind of issues with change, transition, a divorce, a huge life-altering event, somebody dying, suicide, getting out of the military, whatever it is, why wait? to get yourself whole why wait to get yourself better this yeah, book is or ready but, it's, you, but it's not that easy you have to put the work in i mean you have to be right ready to but put i'm the work saying in. this tool is now available for them to get a hold of and read why wait yeah i mean it, it, i definitely if you read this it would definitely inspire and it'll jump motivate. it'll I, light a fire under your ass yeah. i guarantee it to like i'm ready to make these three steps towards making myself better why would what why would I not? Yeah, but you have to want to. You have they to have, want to. You have to want to. So I would challenge you to get a hold of the book. It's available for pre sale right now until November first. Yeah, so we're doing I think we what we agreed was uh so if you buy a paperback in the month of October, we're gonna give you a complimentary ebook version as well. Which is rad because then if you're running around or you're like us, yeah, you're traveling and you just wanna read it on your phone or on your Kindle or on your Whatever people do. I don't even know these books. Right book. You can do that. I 
I'm telling you, it's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. And I'm not just saying that because I like you. <laughs> thanks. So well done. So uh, proud thanks. of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm blushing. <laughs> Feelings. <laughs> yeah. So uh, xwarrior.com. xwarrior.com. And the book is called Excommunicated Warrior, Seven Stages of Transition by Nick Kumalatsos. That's so funny. I'm helping. <laughs> I think that's it. We're we're uh, we're out of here. We're in Vegas right now. We're out of here. Um, we're gonna get try to get caught back up, check in with the hurricane relief, and see what's going on there and how we can jump back into that. And then uh, and then it's a lot of catch up. A lot of catch up. We got a lot of videos going on. We're and, headed uh, to Vet Expo. Yeah, and then October twenty fifth. Yeah, so if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, or you're in anywhere. Uh, check out Vet Expo. It's v e t x p o dot com, and um, I'm gonna be speaking there with a lot of other influential um veterans and business it is it is a paid event but if you have you need a scholarship to come you're welcome to come and we'll get you like under our scholarship program to do that for free that's cool that is really cool they did that and um yeah i'll have 50 what am i taking 50 copies there yeah we will have 50 copies at the author's nook of the vedex cool yeah i'll take 50 copies there you guys can come hang out with me come hang out with me it'd be cool be rad all right That's it. All right, you guys know the deal. Never quit, never surrender, always forward. We'll see you guys next time.